Have you ever wondered, is there more to the Word of God than just words on the page? Join us for an in-depth journey into the truth of God by means of open, Socratic conversation. In Proverbs chapter 2, the Word of God says, If you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, indeed if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Welcome to Hidden Treasures Revealed. Ephesians chapter 4. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers, to prepare God's people for works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up, until we reach the unity in faith and in knowledge of the Son of God, and become mature, not attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. Instead, we speak the truth in love. We will in all things grow up in him who is the head that is Christ. Just bringing out that scripture shown this morning as a uh, preempt to this what we're going to talk about today and we talked about this when you came in um this wasn't something we had scheduled uh prior to this morning when i got up when i uh, overnight just having conversation with mother and this was the objective goal and direction that uh she wanted us to talk about because it's a important perspective uh that you proceed with caution when you walk in the faith journey. So I'm going to see what thoughts you might have on this this morning. Actually, I'll, I'll turn it to the fact that it'll happen sometimes when we're on the podcast or before or after that we'll get what y'all wants us to talk about. Sometimes we'll get it way ahead. Sometimes we'll get it... <clears throat> around the time, and it just made me think of this, is with the truth of God, that speaking what you know and knowing what you speak is to have a readiness to speak the truth wherever you are. And just thinking about this, that no matter what or what position we are, where we are, the the truth of God is our goal is to speak that boldly, no matter what it is. And if it comes to us in the moment, because even with Messiah, that don't worry about what you're going to say. Don't think ahead. Not that you can't think ahead about what you could say, but don't be concerned about what to say because you'll be given what you need in the moment. And it's just a good lesson that a lot of times in the world, well, we got to prepare this big lesson so everybody will get it where a lot of times the lessons are for us first in this situation where just be prepared to speak, just proceed with caution and, Speak the truth and with 
the scripture that you read that so that we may attain to the unity well there can't be unity if there's division of any kind and we had talked about this before about the denominations non-denomination where the body of messiah it's not about denominations because it's about you having a a set truth that's being presented that messiah is the head of it it's not the head of this denomination or that one or this bishop or no the word says that there is no jew or greek barbarian scythian but christ is all and in all that messiah is where the unity takes place so if you're not in him then there's division and people can say no no it's it's not but why would you have different denominations all claiming the same faith or truth in God where there is only one church is the church of Messiah, the true church. Now there's people that claim that there are different churches out there, but the church of Messiah is, that's why it said that Messiah is the head and some are called to be evangelists, apostles, different things, but it's so that there can be the unity and that maturity is circumcision of the heart where just as an adult you're an adult but you continue in your adult ways once you've reached maturity you continue to mature so that by that circumcision of the heart you can have the fullness of faith where we can walk in that unified direction where we won't any longer be tossed back and forth because why are you tossed back and forth it's because you don't know but once you know the truth you'll no longer be tossed back and forth by every kind of whim or every kind of direction or or whatnot and because what we're doing is about unity not division and what will happen a lot of times is that it'll be the pretense of unity but there's still division like we could say the people that are in catholic or presbyterian methodist whatever they'll say well we're unified well but the word of God says that a house divided against itself cannot stand. So if there's any division anywhere, then it's not unified. And if you were all unified, why are you breaking off into different denominations? And that's the thing is that it's, it's, they perceive that it's unified because we're all in agreement, but there's so many divisions that, that go along with it. But yeah, this is faith in God is not about, and we've said this before, it's not about you just hear what we're saying and just go with it just really quick. No, it's hear what we're saying, line it up with the truth of God, dig into it, ask Yah to teach you, to show you so that you can discover it, then you applying it, and then therefore you can find the true faith based on what the Word of God says, not by what we say. Now, look at what we say and say, okay, does the Word of God say this? Does that line up? And if it does, then go with it. If it doesn't, then have questions about it, dig into it, look into it, because we're not able to convince anybody of anything. You've got to discover it for yourself, and you've got to be convinced of it by the help of Yah that um, all we can do is put it out. We said this before. All we can do is just put the food out on the table. If somebody wants to eat, we've got the keys to the kingdom in our hand given out by God. If you want to take the keys and go with it, then you can. But there's just so many different teachings out there that don't line up with the word. And I'll share this, Phil, this morning. I was having some time just meditating, talking with y'all. 
and this goes along with this, that it's not that the enemy is going to do this big, huge thing to get people all distracted because distraction is just taking your focus off of where you're looking ahead. So the enemy from the beginning, all I need to do is get one little distraction in there and that'll just lead you down a different path that did God really say, Oh, you're distracted. And then that get you, I'll just keep you distracted. And then you just go away off to the left or to the right. Cause the word says, don't veer to the left or veer to the right. And look at all the things in the world, the internet, Facebook, YouTube, uh, television, all these other things is just coming to mind that it doesn't take much to get you distracted. You just have to choose where are you going to focus your mind on? Are you going to focus it on the things of God? And if not, then you'll let things distract you. But that's the thing, just like with traction is to keep you in a certain order. So don't let yourself get off to the left or to the right, look straight ahead. And that's the thing is that with the enemy, all they have to do is just, we'll just get one little, just get one little foot in the door, a little, little wedge, get a little foothold, and then the door will be open. It doesn't take very much. So it's so important that we discover the truth of God and keep ourselves focused on that so that we're not, like it says, you're not tossed back and forth because, well, that sounds good. And then you're tossed this way. And well, no, that sounds good. And you're tossed this way instead of find where the truth is and settle in and center yourself there and be grounded in the truth. And then therefore the truth is not going to move. The truth is immovable. So be there to where, like it said, no longer, because there's a time before coming to it, you'll, you'll look into it, but don't jump in because if you just jump in, you're not focused on where you need to be. Take time to really evaluate. And the thing is, is that the, the faith journey is a circular aspect where it's continually growing and moving. So for example, the very first step of faith is seeking with all your heart, make a decision in your mind with absolution that you're going to seek with all your heart and never stop. And then just start that journey instead of attempting to figure out, well, what does it mean to seek with all my, well, well, I don't know what it means and I, I don't understand. And it's just like a member Tori told me years ago, just jump in. But when you jump in, realize before you jump in, count the cost before jumping in, but you're not going to be able to see everything to know every single thing that's coming your way. You just have to be really, you have to have a measure of faith to even jump in to seek with all your heart to say, God, I don't understand all this. I don't have, I don't claim to say I understand it all, but I know that you're real and this is what I'm going to do. I believe what your word says. I'm going to do this. And then through the process of time, that you work on through it, but this is a very good thing to talk about that don't put it off, but don't just haphazardly just jump in because I found in things in life, when you do that, you don't read the instructions thoroughly. You don't prepare yourself. Then you jump in quickly and then you find out on the other side, Oh no, what did I get myself into? I shouldn't have, I should have really prepared myself ahead of time. So y'all doesn't want people to be paralyzed to not do anything, but don't just think that, well, I got plenty of time. I got a life to live. I'll, I'll come to it eventually. No, because your best protection from Yah is walking the, the gospel message journey. So those are the thoughts I had just based on this, getting the topic this morning. <clears throat> we live in a world that is 
full of selfishness. And, you know, we could put this to a government perspective, and it doesn't matter which one any government perspective handled in this life by humankind is not going to uh, be able to get away from or be away from the uh, selfishness at which each person is uh, born with. And when we talk about selfishness, we talk, we're talking about you and doing everything for you and making sure that you're the one that's uh, gaining from whatever it is that's done. Uh, we're not talking about self because self is involved. Uh, you can't get rid of yourself. Uh, uh, that's no good because then you have no chance for the kingdom. The objective goal is to get rid of the selfishness that is uh, ingrained within you through programming that I can have what I want and I can do what I want because because I can. And people don't realize how deep that selfishness goes because they'll do things. Again, we've talked about this before. They'll do things for people in the pretense of, well, I'm doing this for you. But if that person doesn't apologize, I mean, if that person doesn't thank or, or um, acknowledge that they did something for them, that they get upset that that person, well, they should have, and it's good manners to do that. And it's like, why are you getting upset? If you truly did it for that person, then it wouldn't matter to you whether they acknowledged that, whether they responded or not. The objective goal is, no, I want to do something for you. I'm going to do it. If you say thank you, okay, but I don't need your thank you to do something for you. And people don't realize that you want that thank you because that's what you're you're striving for by doing something for somebody or giving something that you get that attaboy, that pat on the back, that good job, well done. And just going to put this concept, you know, with this proceed with caution, uh, let's look at just this country, the United States, with the government system that's set up. Okay, and this correlates to uh, to draw this to faith as well. That in the beginning, when they created this, or they didn't create, when they came over to this country and they um, took it over and decided they were going to make the constitution, it was a republic. Okay, and a republic is uh, kind of like China, where they have their base set of rules, and that's what we go by. Everybody goes by those rules, and we stay within those bounds of those rules. Well, somewhere along the way, somebody decided to make it a democracy, which means that, well, each individual person or people, groups of people, can choose to change something. And it went off the rails as soon as they started to, okay, we amend the Constitution, okay? You took it in your hands to take it away from a republic and say, no, this we don't like this. And, you know, the, the laws and stuff ebb and flow and change in accordance with people's selfishness. You know, we have a lot of laws out there that are supposedly backed by science, but are there because of selfishness. Because 
we're trying to legislate so you'll live longer. We're trying to legislate so that, you know, you won't get hurt. And it's like, no, you're doing that because you're trying to make yourself feel good rather than why do we need to uh, put laws in place that a full-grown adult doesn't then have a choice, which they do because you can, te- you can choose to break the law. But a lot of laws are there because of selfishness because, well, uh, my child died and so we've got to stop everybody from doing this one thing because one person died from that. And you got to leave people to make their choices. And I'm sa- I'm not saying that there isn't a, uh, there shouldn't be a solid uh, governing line of understanding, but we have all kinds of different governments in this world that operate from different perspectives. And are the people in China really, I uh, don't like the Republic of China because, well, they're still living there. They're still thriving. They're still uh, living their lives just like we live lives here under those set rules. And I'm not saying that the authorities in place are not operating within selfishness to, uh, to gain stuff for themselves. But it's the objective, and people will be like, You'll hear people in this country complain about things that are going on, but yet they don't want to pack up their stuff and go to another country. Why? If it's that bad for you, then pack up and move, leave. Well, the problem is, is that you don't really know what you want. You just want your life to feel good all the time. And set faith aside, just living in this world, that's an impossibility. There's, this world is uh, created with suffering and struggle for a reason, so that you will seek out a higher power for your salvation because you're not capable of doing it yourself. And so when we look at this aspect of... Uh, not delaying and making sure that what you're following is true. It's important. We had just recently a Methodist minister has come a couple times to the gathering that we have. And in the last gathering, um, there was a little bit of a, a break and feeling like um, we were talking at this person. And the reality is, is that yes, at times we will talk at you, meaning we're talking to you, but people need to know that we're talking to ourselves first and you second. If it's coming out of my mouth, I need to make sure that I'm lined up with what I'm saying so that I have authority to speak to you about what I'm saying. And all the things that uh, she felt and she talked about 
we've all experienced in the past. And she made a comment that uh, she wants to be really cautious, uh, you know, not just to rush into anything. And I, I highly respect that because it it's remnant of uh, Paul when he was speaking to King Agrippa. You know, you try to convince me in such a short time, yeah. whether long or short, the, the objective goal is that not really that I convince you, but you discover the reality of truth, and then you make the right choice to follow the things of God. Even with what we're doing, and, and we have times where we uh, present or we talk with a uh, there's, it's not Socratic because there's times where, okay, we're going to be Socratic. We're going to talk back and forth, but there's other times where the truth is slated to be stated and it's going to be stated and that's okay. As long as we're not trying to force you to follow it, take as much time as you need, but only as much time as you need because anything more than that is delay. And so the uh, concept of jumping in both feet and hit the floor running is a, is a very good concept and should be done, but should be done in the appropriate uh, form, which is first recognize and understand and know what you're going to jump in is true and absolutely true. And when you know it's absolutely true, then jump in both feet, hit the floor running and take off. Don't 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 look back because you've already done your evaluation and Messiah uh, talks about counting the cost of faith, you know, if you're not willing to leave father and mother, son or daughter, husband or wife, then you're not fit for the kingdom. If you put your hand to the plow, and you want to look back, you're not fit for the kingdom. And so Messiah, even when he was speaking what he was speaking, did not want people to just just do what he said to do. He wanted them to know the truth of it so that when you step into it, you're going to put your hand to the plow, and it's all straightforward drive. I'm not looking back to what I left before. I will look back uh, into what we had before because everything in Christianity isn't uh, necessarily wrong, but they don't have the concept that will get you to salvation. And so we take what was good and we want to hold on to that. We, we, we take what, you know, when... The, when they tell you what the Bible says and tell you that's what you need to do, okay. But our objective goal is that if we're going to tell you to do it, one, we have to have done it ourselves, and two, we have to be able to, te to teach you or to explain it to you, but you still have to discover it. E each individual has to discover it. Did you have something? I did with this. I had this thought come to mind in regards to the denominations and the different 
divisions and just had the word of God come to mind in regards to the don't delay, but don't rush into. And it made me think of, and not that this is even a conscious thing from where we came from, but why the different denominations? And it came to mind where when you were talking about the republic versus the democracy, the democracy is people getting what they want and let them have a say. And it made me think of that, let's just say you start out with a group of people in the early church and Messiah warned that there'll be false teachers come in, that there'll be leaven that'll come in. And it made me think of this, that when you go back to the origin of this, of the faith, when Yah is talking to Cain and he says, Cain, if you do what is right, will you not be accepted? And with the Republic, that the Republic is like the similar to the kingdom of God, that these are the set of rules. And if you want to be accepted, then you do what is right. You followed this set of rules. But what happened, it just came to mind was it got away from the focus on being accepted by God and being accepted by man. And then because it's, you're looking to be accepted by man. Well, these people don't agree. So we're going to branch off here to get people that agree with us according to what we understand it. And then we're going to get people to agree with what we think it means instead of if you're seeking after faith in God and you're on that journey, you're going to be rejected by people. That's just a fact that Messiah even said that if they killed me, they're going to kill you. They hated me. They're going to hate you. So Yah is telling us when you seek after God to do what is right, you'll be accepted by God. And that's the ultimate goal in faith that we should have to be accepted by God, not by man. Now, those that are with God that share the same faith in God, that you will be accepted by those people because they're accepted by God. But we got to be careful that if you're looking for acceptance for self and the world, that there's plenty of places you can go. I mean, look at how the world is set up with all the things that are going on of people. uh, I just want to be accepted and I want to be treated fairly. Well, within the kingdom of God, you will be treated fairly as long as you go by the rules that are laid out by the kingdom, the, the law of God. But what happens is because of, and you mentioned this, because of selfishness, that I want what feels good to me. I want to be accepted. But in order to be accepted by God, you've got to do what is right. So Yah is fair and just. If you want to be a part of our kingdom, then you must follow the rules that come with the kingdom of God. If you don't, then you're not going to be accepted and you're going to be put out. But so many people that I remember this, even in my life, that every person wants to be accepted and you'll do whatever it takes to be accepted. But make sure that if you're pursuing faith in God, that set your mind that you're looking to be accepted by God and realize by the counting of the cost of that, you will be rejected by other people. And that's a, just something to have in your mind, not to hold you back, but just to realize that people will reject you. And that could be physical rejection, spiritual, whatever it could be. But it was just coming to mind that the, everybody is looking for that acceptance. It's built into us to be accepted. But the reason Yah did that was so that you would be accepted by them. But the way to be accepted is to do what is right. But what happens is, is that in the world, they'll change rules to try to please everybody to get everybody to accept what's going on in the world. And it doesn't work because in order for it to truly work 
from a godly perspective, it's got to be, you've got to follow the ways that Yah has laid out. And people want acceptance. People want to feel included. You want equality. Well, it's found in the true faith in God, but you must make a decision that you're going to follow the ways of God and put yourself to the side, your selfishness to the side. Because like you said before, that you don't do away with self. You do away with selfishness to where, okay, I'm making a decision here that I'm done with my selfishness and I'm going to follow after God and then ultimately coming to a decision to turn to God, which means that ultimately you don't understand everything in the moment, but you're willing to understand and go by what Yah says because you believe God and therefore you you turn to them. So that's I just had that in mind that a lot of this is people want to be accepted and they want to go to a place to where people accept them. But ultimately, the true acceptance that everybody's looking for, really what's referred to in the word as the desired of all nations, that Yah is the desired of all nations. Now, people don't necessarily see it in their conscious mind, but ultimately it's built into us that we want to be accepted. And people in their lower conscience realize, well, punishment is coming because of what I've done, my sin. But ultimately, your acceptance is found in doing what is right in God. And the only way to truly be accepted by God is to find the fullness of faith, ultimately, so that you can be accepted into the kingdom of God. And Yah has given us everything that is necessary to find them, even through the creation. Their invisible qualities have been made known. So it says that mankind is without excuse, so nobody on the judgment day will have an excuse before Yah to sit there and say, Yah, I didn't understand, I didn't it was too complicated or I didn't understand. And y'all, we even take them back to, did you not see that I existed through my creation? Did you not see that I existed and you chose to suppress it and not look into it further? And we had talked about this before. Well, how is it fair that if people don't have Bibles taken out into the jungle or nobody goes to them, that how is it fair that those people wouldn't enter the kingdom? And my answer now to that is, well, Yah's invisible qualities have been made known by creation that if somebody is seeking God with all their heart, God will come to them. And even somebody that's in the most remote island in the world in a jungle where people would say, well, nobody could reach them with the Bible. Nobody can reach them with the truth. No, Yah can reach anybody that reaches out to them. And we have that in scripture where we have Philip in the Ethiopian eunuch that we had this eunuch that was reading from the prophet Isaiah. And mother said, go over to that chariot because they know those that are seeking with all their heart. And so just, it came to mind, people may say, well, we've got to, we've got to do the great commission. As it was mentioned, we got to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Well, that I agree with what Messiah said. He said to go into all the world and baptize them into the name of the father into the son and into the, to mother, the Holy spirit. But how are you going to be able to do that if you don't understand the truth to be able to teach that gospel to people? And yes, he did say to preach the gospel, which preaching means you're living it. So how can you fulfill the Great Commission if you don't understand the truth of God and be able to actually show people and teach people the message that Messiah wanted to get out? So I can see from training that, well, we need to go out and reach people. But if people don't want the message... 
don't waste your time going to people that are going to reject it because the word says don't throw pearls before the swine. If somebody really doesn't want it, turn your, your attention to people that want it. But Yah didn't tell us to go out and just quickly just go to every door, but they didn't say don't do anything, but be careful, be taught what to do, because if you're going to go and teach people that you teach yourself first, that make sure you understand what this message is, then live it. And then you can have the best opportunity to actually reach people as opposed to just going, because I remember my wife said this years ago, well, why aren't you going door to door to people? Well, I could do that, but one, make sure it's what y'all wants me to do. And two, the majority of people you would go door to door would shut the door in your face, not answer the door anyway. So what's the point of doing that? And then you could go back to, well, the word says, yeah, but the word does say it, but who is he talking to? And then how is he talking to them? He didn't say to go to every single person. He said, go out into the world and preach this gospel. But he was preparing them to where now you're ready to go out and present this message. He didn't tell them to go out at the beginning. It was at, at the end before he ascended to go out into the world. And he was preparing them for offering the message. And we have to look at Messiah for the example when we're going to talk about, well, go, go preach to all nations, okay? Because that's, a, that's an issue when you are trying to shove something down somebody's throat when you're trying to stand out on a street corner yelling to people, repent or die, repent or die, and that's not of God. The the let's use Messiah as an example of, of how we get the message out. Uh, we have this avenue of the podcast to get the information out there, but our objective goal is not to get you to be convinced in one time you listen to this or 30 times or a hundred times you listen to it. No, we want you to hear it and then take it to Yah and discover it. But here's the thing. We're not going to take this podcast and just throw it in everybody's face and you have to listen to this and this is the truth and you have to No, no. The people who want it are the people who will seek for it. And the people who seek for it are the ones that will find it. Those are the people that found Messiah. Now, there were occasions where Messiah went into the temple and read the scrolls and then spoke about them. And then we and we know that he was uh, at 12 years old just asking a bunch of questions and profounding the uh, priest in the temple. But when he went into ministry... Yeah, he went to uh, the disciples. Hey, come follow me. It wasn't a, you have to listen to what I say and you're going to do. No, it was just a simple, come follow me. That's all. And then if you look at the the bulk of Messiah's life, it was all driv- driven by his teaching, was driven by people coming to him, whether they were people that were uh, like the Pharisees who wanted to try to uh, trick and trap him, 
or they were people who were just curious because they'd never heard anything like this before, or they were people that really were like, wow, this is profound and this is stuff that that is, yeah, it's got to be the truth of God. I, I want to listen to this more. But they kept coming to him. Even when he left in a boat to go to a solitary place, by the time he got to that place where it's supposed to be solitary, the people had caught up with him on the other side. And you think about how fast they had to move to figure out where he was going and then meet up with him on the other side. But that's the objective is that if we're going to preach the gospel, it's not that we're going to go door to door, knocking on doors. And no, we're going to be looking for someone who has a heart to know the truth of God. And if they come, then we will talk to them. Uh, mentioned earlier the Methodist minister who had come. Um, I truly believe that she has a heart that she wants to know the truth of God. The determination will come in is, do you have what it takes to carry out the word of God and to accept the word of God? Because again, scripture making it clear that it could cost you your family. It could cost you everything you have. Go sell everything you have and, and then come back to me. It could cost you that. Are you willing to give that up? Are you and and again, like with family, this is not a perspective of Messiah is going to tell you just reject your family and don't have anything to do with them. No, what'll happen is by you being set apart and you living holy your family will not like it and it will they will set them apart if they are not of the same faith in Messiah. And I had to face that when we first started the gathering in the church. I had to face that my uh, wife didn't like it and she had made mention of uh, someone talking to her about divorce and she had had thoughts of suicide as well. Uh, but for me, whether I liked that or not, doesn't matter. The objective was, was no, I know this is right. And I can't let, or not only can't, I won't let you stop me from going in the right path. If you choose you're going to separate, then that's your choice. But I will not relent. I will not turn back from God just because of the threat that you might do something or you might leave or you might kill me. If that's the lot and portion for me, then I'm okay with that. But there's a time of testing that you have. And when you prove faithful in the test, then you have faith in God. You humble yourself and pray. You turn from your wicked ways and God will start healing that land. They'll They'll, they'll start working with your wife or your husband to work to bring them around. Not you bringing them around, but God bringing them around to a choice, to a point of decision where they have to decide one way or the other. And we don't want people to just, and we've said this before, to just listen to what we say we know that what we're bringing out on the podcast 
or tr- is truth, and it's the truth of God. But us knowing that, we still don't want you to just blanket believe us. We want you to line it up with the life of Messiah. We want you to line it up with the word of God. We want you to line it up with the, the church that Paul preached about, the church that Messiah started initially that Paul preached in, and Peter, James, John, all the, the uh, disciples that became apostles. Because you have to know your faith. There's such an importance that doubt, when it comes to faith, has to be removed. If it's not removed, then you don't have faith. Because you have faith as an anchor for your soul, firm and secure. And if you have that anchor, then doubt of faith needs not be there. And then then we go through a process of working through things that we might have doubts on in life. Well, what that does is it just helps us in the circular to continue to increase and improve. And uh, I, I, have, um, I have respect for this minister who came uh, to gatherings because you're stepping out of your own environment uh, of comfort to step into somebody else's environment that it's not, it's not comfortable. And certainly... It's open for if you have truth and truth of the word, that can be shared with us because the, the question is not always what can we teach this person, but it's also what can this person teach me because mother is at work all over the place and mother will work uh, definitely in those who she's in their heart but she will also come upon other people. And depending on how they respond to it will depend on whether mother continues to use them. Well, she'll use them for the good regardless. Um, sometimes you don't even know it, but mother's using you. And so it's, it's good. But to have somebody come in out of their comfort zone that that's that's a plausible thing because you're uncomfortable. See, it's and we're going to go visit her um, tomorrow at at her church. But for us, that's that's not as uncomfortable because we've been there. We've been in that environment. We've been in the Christian environment, and so it's not as much. It's not really a sacrifice for us to go where she is rather it is a sacrifice for her to go where we are because what we have is strange teaching and some of it is hard like it was spoken about about Paul that uh, Paul preaches things that are hard to understand that uh, people distort what Paul said but just looking at it uh, there, there has to be an aspect and again uh, she hasn't been argumentative with questions, and we we're, we like questions. Um, 
and there are times where uh, we will be Socratic with questions and we'll talk back and forth. And really the objective is we want you to discover it, but sometimes your discovery in uh, what you need to get has to come from somebody telling you directly what you need. But that even if I tell you directly what you need does not mean I want you to just believe it and be done with it. No, I want you to take, okay, I feel this way or I, I feel like this is being uh, spoken at me. Why do I feel that way? Let me evaluate. Let me dig in and take as much time as you need, but don't delay because you don't want to delay. You don't want to get to, well, I know that's the truth, but, and the reason you don't want to do that is because after that, but you may draw your last breath. And at that point, it's too late. The key is figure out through the word of God and through time with God, what the truth is and then act on it. Don't hesitate. Don't delay, but act on it, but don't act on it just because we said so. Certainly not because we are just messengers and the message that we bring is fully able to be backed up by the word of God, by conversation with God, by looking at the life of Messiah, you will see that what we're saying is true. But don't accept it until you know. Because what good is it for me to convince you to uh, just accept what we're doing? Yeah, yeah, I believe that. And then now you don't have circumcision of the heart or you don't come to it because I coerced you and tried to convince you rather than to have a discussion and rather to say, hey, this is what the truth is. How do you rectify that? You have to settle that in your own mind between you and God. That's not between me and you. But, you know, just seeing positive things, that is a, uh, it's a nice thing to see. And I've asked God and continue to ask God to bring people to us that want to know the truth. Well, just because somebody comes to us that they want to know the truth, we're not the end all. We're just a step in the process for them to then hear some truth about God and then them to settle it with God, them to bring it out. And so we don't want somebody to rush into any kind of decision rather than do the evaluation weigh the cost. Know that this decision for Messiah could cost you your marriage. It's not what you want, but it could. It could cost you your house or your car. You don't know what God's going to ask you for. The key is you have to believe in the truth so much that you don't care 
what else happens. Not meaning that you don't care from a human perspective, because you do if you uh, have a husband or a wife and you don't want to just, you don't want to see them go anywhere. But if it's you or God, I'm choosing God, the point blank. But when I do that, when I've humbled myself and prayed and I've turned from my wicked ways and I've proven to God that that's what I've done, then God will heal your land. The promise of scripture, you do your part, God will heal your land. Your kids are part of your land. Your wife is part of your land. Now, we still know that they're going to have to make the choice and the decision to want to do what's right. And we can't make them do that any more than we can make anybody else. All we can do is present the truth when Yah says to present it and then leave it alone. And we're not going to just go out to anybody and everybody and try to take what we understand and make them understand it and browbeat them and shove it down their throat. And No, if you are intrigued and you want to uh, know the truth, then come to us. We'll talk to you about it. We're looking for that. We're looking for the people who want to know the truth. But what good is it for me to have, for us with a church, to have uh, 200, 300 members, and they're only there out of obligation because, well, this is what I have to do to be um, to be able to be with God. And no, I'd rather have four, five, six, seven people who really want to know the truth opposed to a thousand people who could care less because you're not going to be able to reach the ones that could care less. You're going to reach the ones who have a heart after God's own heart. And again, we're not going to reach them. The truth of God will reach them. Because if they have a heart after God's own heart, like David did, then they will seek God with all of their heart. They will follow that path and that journey until they have that circumcision of the heart. And when they have that circumcision of the heart, then things change, and now you have a new beginning. Every time we get to the end of something, we don't get to the end of it. We get to a new beginning because we will always go in the circular like we've talked about. And so when we talk about this aspect of weighing the cost, it is important. And we want people to have time to evaluate and dig in and weigh the cost Make sure that what we're teaching is truth from the Bible, that the church that you're being a part of looks like the church that Paul was involved in and the church, because that's the church that Messiah started and the way Messiah started it, it's a personal relationship. It's not about you being worried about 
the fact that, well, people don't want to listen more than 20 minutes. So uh, we got to do a 20 minute sermon and then we'll, we'll do a little bit of filler here or there. And then we'll, we'll go on. And it's like 20 minutes. You can't even get, you can't even get uh, a real good understanding of what the truth of God is in 20 minutes. I mean, we go, we go at times, or most times, we're just about two hours in the discussions that we have in the gathering. And recently, just going about three and a half hours with not even realizing the time because it, the time just kind of seems like it stands still. And that's the thing. We are more than happy and willing to speak to people about the truth of God and to do it, not to shove it down your, your throat, but on the other hand, when we speak it, we're going to speak it with authority. We're going to speak it with the authority that Messiah spoke it with, the authority that God gave it with, because the truth uh, has that authority, but that's it. I don't have the authority to force you to believe it. And like you said, I, I've I've thought this many times. It's, it's a shame to be able to know that you have the keys to the kingdom of heaven in your hand, open-handed for anybody to take. And a lot of people don't, they don't even look that direction, but we rejoice and we uh, take joy in the fact that we do have occasions where we have the opportunity where somebody comes along and they want to know and they're asking questions. What they do with it, that's up to them. They, it, it really is. But like we've talked about before, for this aspect, you have to want to know the truth and you have to want to know it bad enough that you don't care how it's going to affect you because it is going to affect you they, they're without fail. And I would be lying if I said, oh, no, it's going to feel good all the time. And no, it's not. But it is what's best for you so that you, as you travel in it, you can rejoice in going through struggle and going through suffering in order that you will gain a greater harvest of righteousness as time goes on. So the, the best things in life come through suffering and struggle. And so we definitely with faith, we're going to suffer and struggle, but it will be the best thing that you can do. Because like Paul said, what you experience here, you're not even going to think about it. Even the slightest little bit when you enter into the glory of God in the kingdom, it's going to be a beautiful place to be. And so we want to have conversation with people and that's, we put this podcast out so people will listen to it. And if they have questions, they can send us questions or, uh, you know, if, if they're local to us, they can contact us and, uh, we can have a, uh, one-on-one conversation. Well, not one-on-one, but we can have face-to-face conversation with each other and talk about the truth because ultimately that's what the church is about. It's about personal relationship uh, between people and a personal relationship between you and God. 
and you have to get rid of the selfishness that you don't even realize that you have. It's coming to mind with this. Messiah made the statement, and um, it's not coming to mind what he said before this, but he said, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Remember back with the one of the stories where he fed people with the the bread and the fish? Remember Messiah saying that it wasn't the miraculous sign that brought you, it was that you ate the loaves and you got your fill. <clears throat> and I had never even thought about it this way, that people may think, oh yeah, it was because the he took the, um, and I can't remember which one of it, it was, but whatever fish and loaves that he had, that they were multiplied, that my mind would have went to, well, man, they would have saw that they multiplied and that's what would have kept them coming back. But he said, you ate your, you ate your food and you were full. And it made me think of that's the discovery because think about that. We're sitting there and he brings the miracle or he just breaks it up and they're just saying, he's just breaking up the bread and they're giving it out and they just keep eating. And it's like, man, there's just, there's more and there's more. And it's just, you're eating and you're like, you're discovering that, oh my gosh, every time I turn around that I have, there's more bread and more fish. And we just keep, didn't he have five loaves and two fish? How in the world? And you're like, oh my gosh, this, I mean, I'm, I want more of this. It, it just made me think of when you eat of it, you discover it. And once you eat of the truth that it's because you eat it, you applying it, that's what sets you free. It's not that you just accept and you're free that Messiah paid everything and I'm free. No, it's that you discover the truth. And because you discover it, it means that you're applying it in your life. That's what sets you free is that you take of the truth and you benefit from it. And then the truth becomes a part of you. And wow, I found a place with no sin where sin is out of my heart because of circumcision of heart. It was the truth that I was able to discover this, not by mankind, because we, we even said this when we were speaking with this minister the other night, that we weren't taught this by man, that God is teaching us this. This isn't stuff that we just, we went to a room and there was a secret book that was opened. And now you see, here's the truth. It was by revelation, but it was application of the truth that we discovered it because no matter what, Phil, you could come to me and say, this is a message from God, or I could say, this is a message from God, but it's what we do with it and talking to God about it. And it's our discovery of the truth where we find the freedom because it's not that you just acknowledge that here's the truth. It's your acceptance of it. Ultimately, your acceptance of Messiah as Lord and a Savior is you walking through the gospel message. That's how you make him Lord as you walk through it. And because you're following it, he becomes your Lord. And then ultimately, at the last day, he's your Savior. So it's not you you keep those two together, but it, it just came to mind that, wow, it's he's saying you're discovering that there's more to this. So that's what's driving you to get. It wasn't that because think about it, the miracles coming. If the miracle, if the person being healed, then if the person was saved, meaning like if they had the fullness of faith, then that would be good. Cause every person that Messiah healed that, Oh, you get up and walk, you're healed. The purpose of that was so that you can know that I'm the son of God, that nobody could, bring this power for you to get up and walk or be physically able to see without it's God that's doing it, but take it further. Because if I heal you of this physical ailment, 
but then you stay in sin, then you're really not healed at all. You're just, you, you're, the ailment is gone, but you still have sin in your heart. So it was a way to show I am the son of God will follow me, walk as I did, get rid of sin, which therefore you can live because we know that you can't live in the kingdom of heaven with sin. That's why that when mother does circumcision of the heart, that the sin nature gets taken from your heart and moved to the body of flesh because the body of flesh will stay here. The body of flesh is not going to go into the kingdom because we know that, that you can't see God. You can't see the face of God and live because you're in flesh. But when you have that spiritual body, you will be able to see Yah face to face and be able to live because you've got a perfected immortal body. But it just made me think of that. There's a difference between having the truth being presented to you and you knowing the truth. The knowing is about you have the head and the heart knowledge that I know that this is true because I've experienced that. I know that I'm a trumpet player. Well, do I think, I think I'm a trumpet player. Didn't I, didn't I go to college? Didn't I No, I know I was there. I was through it. I know it. Well, that's what sets you free that it's, the knowing it means you've got heart knowledge of the truth and you found it and that's what sets you free it's your because messiah's message if you don't apply that message you're not free from sin at all he's free because he followed the the path he's in the kingdom now but if somebody doesn't find the truth of god and apply it <clears throat> it's of no benefit it's and that's the thing like you were saying that if we went door to door and gave out Bibles and, and how much time could you really have door to door if the person maybe would let you in or not? I mean, you might have somebody that you could talk a few hours, which I know you've had that on occasion or something like that. But even with that, just one meeting like that, you're not going to be able to convince somebody in that moment. Now maybe convince them that, Hey, there's more to this. I'm going to seek it out. But for us to go from beginning to end and you have understanding of that whole thing, no, it's going to take more. And that's why the, the faith journey is meant to be that personal relationship. That's what prayer is. And I was just thinking about prayer this morning. We were told this by God that prayer is conversational relationship. It's not just that you talk to God and you don't, they don't talk back to you or you don't listen to them. It's a relationship. Well, a relationship is something that, yes, has to have a starting point, but it grows from there. Like you and I, we've been together, gosh, at least 17, 18 years. And I remember even Cindy at times will say, well, it just seems like you all can complete your sentences. It seems like that you just, you all just have this conversation. It's just, I don't know how you do it. Well, the reason we have it is because we've been practicing it for so long. And it's not that I know what you're thinking, but I can have pretty good discernment on where your mind may be going on something just because of our, our conversations, things like that, that there might be something you start to talk about and you'll pause and say, oh, where's the scripture? And we even had it the other night. It's like, Sean, where's the scripture that that's here? And it's not that, Oh, look at Sean. He can just do this. It's no, Yah says, Hey, here's the, here's what the word of God says about that. <clears throat> but this is about discovering. And the way to discover anything is you've got to go after it. You've got to spend time with it and look at it from all sides. And it, it's true that you jump in without weighing the cost, then you're going to have more struggle than is necessary. 
And if you don't jump in at all, you're going to have a huge struggle because you're going to be outside the kingdom of God. So I can see God with this is that be, what's that term? Be cautiously, I think it's cautiously optimistic, but just be, be cautious, meaning be skeptical because it's good to be skeptical because you're weighing and you're evaluating to where, well, I want to make sure I'm not deceived in this. I want to make sure that I'm really doing what is right. And the minister we were talking about that she even said, you know, I've just always wanted to please God. Well, I can see God looking at it as, well, you want to do what's right. Well, if you want to do what's right, that's going to get my attention. And therefore I'll look in your direction because you want to, uh, because think about it. You said I heart after God's own heart. Well, God's heart is doing right all the time. That's who they are. So you have a mindset because when it says I have a heart after God's own heart, I have a mindset after the mindset of God. I want to do what is right. I want to be pleasing to God. Well, great. That, that's a great mindset. But how do I become pleasing to God? How do I do that? Well, and God will help. Abba will help because the way to be pleasing and doing what is right is repentance. And Messiah will show you that the way to be pleasing to God and to do what is right is obedience and trust and continuing in that. That's how you are pleasing to God. And you can discover that. But just like Christopher Columbus, he comes to where he discovered America. It's like, well, oh, there's this country. I'm not doing anything. No, you have to go onto the land and look around and find things. And wow, look at this. There's land. Look at this. There's water. You've got to do your part to discover it. Yah is not going to discover it for you. Yah is going to give you the opportunity to discover, but you're the one that's got to go out and look into it because seek for me and you'll find me when you seek with all your heart. So I'm here and I'm available. It's just seek after me and then I'll make my presence known to you. So many people want God to give them the proof of their existence before they believe. And Yah is looking at them and, well, the proof of existence is all around. But are you looking for the proof? Do you are you really going to seek after what is what evidence is? Is what is evident, which is right in front of you, and it's still dark here. But if I look out the window, there's trees. How many times do you go outside and you don't even notice the trees, even though they're there? Well, if you go looking for it to discover, you'll find it. And that's the thing. In order to be pleasing to God. You have to come to them by faith. The word of God says that, that without faith, it's impossible to please God because those that come to them must believe they exist and are the rewarder of those who diligently seek them. Faith is trust. So this is the truth of God can be discovered by people, but you've got you've to seek after it to find it. And that really shows faith because if God came to us with everything, then there's no faith on our part because it would just exist. We would just see it. So with this, and, and I agree wholeheartedly with you, with um, the, the minister that came that she wouldn't have come like she did if she didn't have a mindset of being pleasing to God and ultimately to seek them with all of her heart to find that true, uh, find the fullness of faith. And it's just as with anybody, time will tell. And it, it tells us clearly in the word that don't rush, but don't delay because King Agrippa to Paul, well, you almost convinced me to be a believer. Well, no, make this decision right now that don't delay. Don't 
No, Paul said, well, short time, or if it takes you a long time, but the key is find it. Do whatever it takes to find it. Above all things, get wisdom. As it says in Proverbs, that that's the most important thing. Get wisdom, get understanding. Well, you can't get it if you don't seek after it. Well, before you even get that deep into it, you have to settle an issue in your mind about what you're willing to give to have the truth of God. You have to settle that first because that is a key factor in whether you will retain or maintain it. You know, for uh, someone who is ministering in Christianity, they have to be willing to, uh, if the truth shows them that that's wrong, they have to be willing to part from that. And that will be done if they have a heart after God's own heart, if they're seeking God with all of their heart and the truth is revealed. But you have to weigh that. You have to weigh, you know, is there a chance that my wife could leave me? Is, Is there a chance that my kids aren't going to like me because of what I'm doing? Yes, absolutely. The objective goal is to settle that issue first. What are you willing to do for the truth of God? Once that issue's settled, then you can go on to either seeking out the truth of it with all of your heart and walking in it or departing from it because I don't want to give up these things in this life. And they're only temporal in this life anyway because uh, your wife is not going to be your wife in the kingdom. Once death happens, then you're going to be departed from your wife. You're, 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 yes, if she's in faith and you're in faith, you're both going to be in the kingdom. But your relationship is not a relationship like you have it here. And so it's only temporal anyway. Same thing with your kids. Because in that condition, then you're... Uh, Kids and your wife become uh, more like brother and sister to you, where the, the, we're not, we don't have that division of parents and kids and husband and wife. No, that is uh, that departs at death. And the key factor is: is are you willing to sell everything you have to follow Messiah? Now, God may may ask and take all that you have if that's what it takes for them to prove that you're going to be faithful. But a lot of times, God will put you through the test with the, uh, the threat of losing something just to see how you're going to respond. And if your response is, no, I I don't care what anybody says, I'm going to follow the truth of God. I'm going to uh, find as much truth as I can. And when I know it's true, I'm going to follow the truth of God. Because if if you are a a minister like the one who came uh, to the gathering, uh, 
when she discovers the truth, then she'll have a choice. Are you willing to give up that position in that church for the truth of God? Not for what Sean and Phil says. No, absolutely not. If you're doing it for that that purpose, then don't do it. Continue on in your, your journey. But what, and this is what this is about, weighing the cost and making sure that you have enough in your spiritual and emotional bank to cover this this cost that it's going to cost for faith because you, there's no guarantee that your your wife may leave but even if she doesn't and she remains married to you you're still going to be separated in your own house because you have that division and are you going to let her control what you do in that environment? Are you going to keep it? No, I don't care. If she stays, she stays, but I'm still doing what God said to do. I'm going to do what is right. And then if you listen to Paul and Corinthians, if you live rightly by God, not telling somebody, but living it, then you will be the example that gives them the best opportunity to then turn around and follow the same faith that you have. But they're not going to follow the faith that you have if it's not steadfast, if it's wavering, they're going to know your doubt. And, well, then I'm not following that because there's doubt there rather than, no, I'm going to know the truth, and that's what I'm going with. And that's what I'm going to operate out of. And if anybody doesn't like that, they can take it up with God. It's not my problem. I'm not going to uh, make apologies for following the truth of God. Now, my objective goal is to follow the truth of God within the bounds that are set there. It's not when, when it's set the truth of God, go preach the good news. Make disciples of all nations. Okay. But that's from a perspective of don't cast your pearls before the swine. Don't throw them out there to people who don't want them. That means you don't just go door knocking door to door trying to trying to convince somebody that what you have is true rather than have the truth, live the truth. People will see you live it, and that will intrigue them to say, I want to talk to that person. I, I, I want to see how they're able to do what they're able to do or why, why they're doing it or whatever reason. Those are the people that you want to minister to. And that's why we don't want to put that dependency on us to figure out who we're going to minister to. We, we give that to God. God, bring to us those who have a heart after your heart. Bring to us those who want to know the truth but even when somebody comes to us that wants to know the truth, it doesn't mean that they're going to accept it automatically, nor should we expect them to accept it automatically. We, we don't want you to accept what we're saying. We want you to uh, discover the truth because that's one, one of our big staples that we talk about is that if I convince you of it, then... You don't really know it for yourself, but if you discover it, 
you have heart knowledge, you know it for yourself, and therefore you can go out and speak about it from a truth perspective. But because in in certain areas in Christianity, when if somebody goes in, like if we were go, to go into a Christian church and just start spouting off and professing the truth that we know, what benefit would that be aside from obedience to God if God said, you're going to go and do this or do that? And so just like us going on Sunday, we're going there out of obedience to God. And because we're going there out of obedience to God, uh, I'm looking for whatever God is going to speak to me through this Methodist minister. Just because she's in Christianity does not mean that mother cannot work with or through her. And so I'm not going to go in there with the mindset of, yeah, well, I'm going to figure this out so we can prove her wrong. No, no, because if we have the truth, the truth will stand by itself. We'll know we'll be able to discern between right and wrong. The objective is, mother, you, you have a purpose for why this is happening. So what am I going to learn from this? What message or what lesson are you giving me through this? And so it's I, it's good. We want to make sure that you are evaluating the cost, that you're making sure that you don't start building a house of faith. And when it really gets tough, when people are deserting you and leaving you and hating you that you have enough in the bank to say, no, I'm not giving up. I'm not backing up. I'm not being quiet about it. I'm going to live the life that God wants me to live, period. That's the end of it. With that mindset, you still have to be tested in that. God's going to test you. Okay, you say you're willing to do this. Let's see. Let's see if you're going to turn back when this happens. Oh, okay. You didn't turn back, all right? Let's let's step it up a little bit. Let's see what's going to happen. Are you going to turn back when this happens? You passed the test of God, not the test of Sean and Phil. That's when you will know the freedom that you have in Messiah. You walk in it you evaluate. And again, don't delay. That means you're taking unnecessary time rather than, and and a lot of times delay comes because there's something I don't want to give up or there's something that I'm holding on to. And if you find yourself in delay, then those are the things to evaluate. Okay. What is it that God's asking for that I'm not saying that I don't want to give it up. And then I have to evaluate that, come to a discovery of it. Then I have to make a decision that I'm going to change. And this is why nobody can do this faith for anybody else. And we shouldn't sit and tell somebody, you need to listen to what I'm saying rather than listen to it and then 
you take it to Yah and you evaluate it with Yah and uh, you go with what you know is the truth according to Yah, knowing that when you face Yah in final judgment, you're going to answer for that. So we certainly want to make sure that we're not delaying, but we're also proceeding with caution. That's how you avoid trouble is to proceed with caution. It's kind of like, what's the objective of a caution sign or a yellow flashing light? It's not speed through it and get up, get through it as quick as you can. No, caution. Proceed with caution. Slow down. It's, it's why you see the yellow sign with the deer on it. Slow down because there's a lot of deer in this area, so you have an opportunity to see them crossing rather than you to just blow through and then you're going to hit a deer because you weren't cautious. You, you weren't paying attention. And we want people to know that faith is not about just, yeah, I accept Jesus as Lord and Savior and, uh, and that's it. And No, there's no caution in that. I've heard somebody in the past talk about faith from an aspect of reckless abandon. No, faith is not reckless. It's cautious. It's, it's you proceed with caution. You walk through the faith journey looking for the reality of truth of God and then figuring out with God where that truth is, and then you're going to walk in it, and that's not intended to be a speed-through process. It's intended that you will take time. You will evaluate, you will make sure that whatever you're perceiving or professing as faith is absolutely true. It lines up with the church of God in Messiah, the church that Messiah started, that when you look at the Old Testament, you can say, yes, we have that unity of belief in our gathering, that there are no fights and quarrels, there are no divisions, because Unity is not based in you having an agreement partially. It's having full agreement all the time. And so if we're going to profess something is true, we're going to make sure we know it's true first, and then we will profess it as truth. But it does no good if, one person in a church is professing, they have circumcision of the heart, and they're professing something different from somebody else who has circumcision of the heart. Who do you believe? Who do you follow? There's no need or sense for that division in anything. And that's why the church of God is intended to be fully unified. That means fully agreed for those who have circumcision of the heart. You're going to have people in the gathering. Scripture talks about that, that you're going to have people that come in that aren't going to have the truth because they're there so that the ones that have the truth will be approved by God. And so you want to make sure that you proceed with caution. That that's the whole faith journey. 
And even after circumcision of the heart, we proceed with caution. Is this, is this really what God wants me to do? Is this really the, the right thing to say, how to say it? What am I doing in this? In order that I just continue to walk in the truth of God, not making and having reactions, but having responses. And responses can come quickly, but a response is something that you know and you have logical reason in your conscious mind why it happened, what is the purpose for it, and then we can move on. You, you have a conscious understanding of that rather than it being in your subconscious and just flowing out, just, well, this is the way it is. That's, that's just it. No, we don't want people to just, yeah, that's the way it is. No, no, we want, wow, that's exactly the life that Messiah was walking. And if you evaluate it, you can see, and you can see how Messiah walked through it. And Messiah wasn't even about, well, you have to listen to me. No, you listen to me as I'm listening to the father. I do everything the father tells me to do. That That's the objective goal is that Live your life like he did by walking in the full obedience to God. How can you walk in full obedience to God if you don't know the truth of God? And so we do want to, we want a lot of people to come to the faith, but we also know that Messiah said that only few will enter in. And the few that enter into the kingdom are the ones that are going to proceed with caution, that are going to not delay and they're going to act in accordance with what the truth of God says, regardless of how it affects them or regardless of what any other individual human being says or does. There's a song I mentioned this that Yah had given to my mind a few times, and it, it, it speaks to this and what goes on in the lower conscience. And it's the words are, I'm in a hurry to get things done rush and rush until life's no fun all i really got to do is live and die and i'm in a hurry and i don't know why and the part that really stuck out to me a few times that i got it is i'm in a hurry and i don't know why that's the thing is we get in a hurry to do things we rush and rush but we don't know why and that's the proceeding with caution is so important because what the teaching of god is how can you know something if you don't slow down and really study it and pay attention to it? Phil, with your background being in construction and things that how would it be building a house if you're just rushing in a hurry to get it done? Not that you haven't hurried in the past or rushed, but instead of slow down, because if you're in a hurry, you have a tendency to make more mistakes. You, the nail hits your finger, you trip and fall, you drop something, you lose things. Because I'm in, I get in such a hurry, and it made me think of when you get in a hurry, you get tensed up. And when you get tensed up, you tend to get frustrated. And then instead of just slow down, be quick to listen, slow down, then slow to speak, slow to become angry, because make sure that you're in control, because what will happen is you'll get in such a hurry. We, for example, in the world, we, we got to get people saved. We got to get people saved, but you can't save anybody. 
the only way that they're going to be saved is they find the fullness of faith. And then in the end, when Yah separates the sheep from the goats, then those that are with God will be saved. So ultimately, you have no control over somebody being saved. It's just a perception that you think, if I do these things, then that'll get people saved. But really, it's with a, a pretense of getting people to come to your church so that you can pay the bills and you can keep this going. When Peter was preaching, and it said people were cut to the heart, and he said, they asked him, what must we do to be saved? And he told them, and it said people came to the faith, but he was preaching to them the truth of God. He wasn't just throwing something out there to get, hey, everybody come here. We've got a pizza party. We've got um, a yard sale, all this stuff. Come in, come in. And, and no, it was, I'm just going to tell you the truth. And they asked him, they said they were cut to the heart and said they came to Peter, just like those came to Messiah and said, what must I do? It wasn't that Peter's like, all right, listen, people, you better do this. They came to him and he told them he didn't say, well, really quickly say this prayer. Here's the sinner's prayer. No. Repent and be baptized into the name of Messiah for the forgiveness of your sins, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. He gave them the gospel message that you repent to Abba, and you become fully immersed in the life of Messiah, and you'll receive circumcision of the heart. And then he went on from there. It wasn't, all right, quick, do this real quick, and then then you're good, and then you don't have to so it's a we we have examples of this that Messiah wasn't rushing around to people. No, he was just going about his business and he told people to be cautious, hey, go and send no more. He didn't say, All right, within two days, if this isn't done, then you gotta hurry. It's well, set your mind. I'm not no, I'm not gonna disobey God anymore. And it's just it it's we had talked about this recently, it's finding the balance in it, because rushing and then delaying is you've got the two different sides. Find the balance in the middle where you're not rushing and you're not delaying. You're, you're being right in the center, that you're, you're moving at a good pace that's necessary. You're not rushing. You're not delaying. You're right there in the middle. And in this world that we're in, there's so many opportunities that people just want everything done quickly. Get it done today. Get it done now. Trying to rush you. So if somebody's bringing you a gospel, which... If it's not the truth of God, it is no gospel at all. And they're trying to get a rush decision. Be cautious of that because why do you want me to come up and say this prayer? Uh, I've only been at this, what you would call a revival for 20 to 30 minutes. And now you want me just to make this decision before everybody with eyes closed. Well, why do I have to keep my eyes closed? Why, why can't I see who's given their life or not necessarily understanding what they're doing, but in the, the pretense of giving your life to Christ. But Messiah didn't go around attempting to convince people within 20 to 30 minutes. Come and follow me. Well, the disciples were with him for, for a while. It wasn't a couple of days. It was an amount of time. And I wanted to bring this out, the, a point that Yah made, that it's take the amount of time that you need. And I had not thought about it like that. The delay is... You take more time than you need, and the reason why you delay is there's something going on in your mind that you're not seeing as opposed to, all right, I've got everything in front of me. Just make a decision on it. Well, I need more time. Well, do you really need the more time, or are you just – because I think about this with my insurance job that, all right, I've got the police report. I've got the statements. You have enough to make the decision. Well, let me talk to the officer one more time. Well, why are you delaying? Because are you thinking that somebody's going to get upset? 
with your decision. And that's why you're, wow, this is just for me, just clicking in my mind is that if you have enough information, just go ahead with it. Now, if you don't have enough information, then certainly don't make the decision yet. But when you do go with it and be confident in the decision that you're making, when you know that it's right to do, if you're not sure or you need help, you can ask God with it. But just like we were told before, or Phil, with your uh, your persona, get on with it. Well, if you have everything you need, get on with it. But if you don't, figure out what you need and then uh, go for it or go with it from there. Delay to make late or slow. Delay is because there's a reason that you delay. Procrastination is delay. Why are you procrastinating? Because there's something daunting about the task that you have to take on that you have fear of. And so, well, I'll do it tomorrow. Or maybe you don't have fear of it, but man, that's just going to be, that's going to take so much time and I'll do it tomorrow. Well, tomorrow may never come. And so when we talk about delay, you want to delay fixing your car. Okay. You want to delay fixing your house. Okay. But don't delay fixing your faith. And you really shouldn't delay in anything because again, delay is, is, has a purpose behind it because of ill content or discontent or some aspect that you don't want to face right now. And so I'm just going to put it off. Well, why put it off? Because you think that it's going to be better that the next day. No, because then the next day you put it off again rather than I uh, eat the frog. You know, you just go ahead and grab that frog and go ahead and eat it, chew it, swallow it, get it done. Then you don't have to worry about that frog anymore. But there's always a reason why you delay. And so don't delay in anything. But if you delay in anything, make sure it's not faith and make sure it's not the uh, the intentional delay because, well, maybe I okay, I know that I have to give something up and I don't want, I don't want to give that up. And you don't have that in your conscious mind. It's in your subconscious that you really like this thing. And well, if I have this faith and then I have to give that up and I don't, I don't want to give that up. So it's really important uh, to understand that we really shouldn't delay on anything. We should just go ahead. If there's a task to do, get it done. Now, if there's multiple tasks, then you have to prioritize and you set aside what's not important, do the important one first and then go to the other, but you're not delaying because when it comes time to do that other task, then you go right into it and do it. You don't procrastinate and set it aside and put it off. And so with this aspect of proceeding with caution, I, it's a must in faith. Well, it's also a must in worldly because God uses the worldly to show you the spiritual. And so this is a very good aspect of 
uh, understanding that people need to have. And we do want people to proceed with caution. We don't want people, again, and we've said this before and we say it again, we don't want people just jumping on the a bandwagon of what we're saying is true and that's it. Yep. No, you discover that truth and then handle that truth in accordance with the reality of God and let God guide you through it. That's what our objective goal is. Uh, I, of course, you know, for me, if, if somebody's wanting to talk about the truth of God, I'll talk for hours. We, we sit down and I, I will talk for hours kind of like Paul when he preached or he was teaching the people and uh, he went into the evening and then a young man fell asleep in the window, fell out the window. Paul paused, went down, laid hands on him, brought him back to life, went back up and then preached until morning. As long as people are engaged in the truth of God and they want to know the things of God, I will entertain them as long as they want to, because that's, that's my passion. That's my life. That's, that's what I want to do, but I didn't get to it by throwing caution to the wind. I got to it by proceeding with caution, looking at things that I saw and saying, well, that's not right. That's not right. There's something wrong with this faith that I have because what I'm being taught is not right because the Bible says something different. And anytime a doctrine or a teaching says something different than what the word of God says, it is not true. The, the doctrine or the teaching, not the word. And so something really important to keep in mind. And so as we head out for this morning, just my words are that when it comes to faith in God, and really you should try to apply this to everything in your life, proceed with caution. Make sure that what you're following is true. And if you don't see it as true, you may not have seen it as false, but you don't see it as true, then you don't do anything with it until you make that decision till you're able to make that final decision between truth and false and then walk in according to that inappropriation. If you realize something uh, and it's discovered that it's false, don't follow it. If it's true, because really in the end, God's going to settle the issues. God's going to settle with each individual Okay, you followed the truth. You enter into the kingdom. You did not. Let me show you where you didn't adhere to the truth. And nobody will have an excuse in that day. And because you won't have an excuse in that day, use the time now that you have to make the difference. And as you pursue things, don't delay, which is intentional that you're you're holding back for some reason don't delay but don't rush the process don't try to make everything happen right away no whether long time or short we want people to have faith in god just like paul was 
talking to King Agrippa. But that will be determined by their seeking out the truth, wanting to know the truth, and then settling with God what the truth is, and then them walking in it. And when they do, they will be agreeable to what what we're saying and what we're doing. But you're not agreeable to us. You're agreeable to God. We're agreeable to God. And therefore, we have that unity, that bond of unity that ties and binds everybody together. So for me, I, I say proceed with caution. Do not delay and seek out the truth and the glory of God. Sean, you have anything as we head out? No, all said well by you. Well, Lord willing, we will be back on the air at 7.30 on Tuesday evening. See what y'all has for us to bring out. Thank you for joining us today on Hidden Treasures Revealed. We want to leave you with this thought. The greatest treasure in life, and especially in faith, is discovery. If we try to convince you of things, you may gain head knowledge, but if we let you discover things, you will have heart knowledge to know and understand and be able to give a good answer for the faith that you have. Treasure hunters seek treasure nonstop. Seek the treasure of God through conversation with them and through their word. Ask, seek, and knock. Ask, and you will receive. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. Seek the hidden treasure of God, and you will be blessed by it.